We welcome you to the media ministries of the Gathering Church in the Countryside YMCA of Mainville. As we love the Lord and each other, we're trusting that God would use us to plant the church in every YMCA around the world. To this end, would you join us? We meet on Sundays at 10 a.m. and in community groups throughout the week. As you listen to this resource, our prayer is that your love for Jesus would grow deep and your love for others would be seen and heard. And we're live. Good morning, church. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It is Sunday morning, April 26th, and we are excited to be with you guys. We'll just wait a few minutes before people start signing on. We see a few folks already there. Jessa, Joe, have we come up with some prize about the first one to subscribe on? We haven't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, Mike, you were going to give them as much Packers paraphernalia as you had laying around. Is my yeah. Understanding. Yeah. That, that makes sense. <laughs> And nobody seems to want to win. I'm not quite sure why. It's weird. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, that's great. I just wonder if we couldn't get some takers for UK paraphernalia. <laughs> Come on. Come on. <laughs> for those of you who are watching, um, this is Dave and Cheryl Bickle right below us. Right here. Down here. And uh, Dave is the mastermind behind all this uh, streaming and He'll be running the lyrics today. So it's been cool just to, during this COVID-19 time to see how people can serve the Lord behind the scenes, things like that. And sweet wife, Cheryl. Cheryl, do you want to say anything that's incredibly deep, funny, and thoughtful at the same time? How's that for pressure? <laughs> I get nothing. <laughs> well, great. Great. Let's um, let's begin our time and just a word of encouragement before we start. Um, if you're watching with us, go ahead and chime on in, uh, comment, and uh, let us know you're here. We'll be watching, and uh, um, as we as we live stream, it's just it's just good as we're quarantined in our homes to give this sense of togetherness. And so, um, if if there's a song that uh, is especially meaningful for you, or a passage of scripture that's shared. Um, go ahead and comment, amen, and uh, throw your thumbs up and hearts in there, and um, and we'll grow deeper and closer to the Lord and to each other this morning. Um, if you um, uh, if you have found us on the website or Facebook Live, uh, this is our sorry, Ruthie, I'm just kind of putting this right in front of your face here, but this is our family worship guide, and um, it just has a few things. Um, a few passages of scripture to read as a family um, after our, our live stream uh, with a couple reflection questions. And we really feel like God's using this time to strengthen the home and to allow uh, moms and dads, husbands and wives, kids, everyone to unite um, themselves and grow closer to the Lord in this. And so uh, at any time, go ahead and click on that, print it, and uh, you can follow along with us. Um, guys, anything else to say before we get started? Newman family? 
morning. Are we good? Okay. We're good. We're good. Joe, would you lead us in worship, my friend? Absolutely. Thank you, Mike. You bet, we're, man. We're going to be um, switching over here, like Mike mentioned, to showing the lyrics as we sing together this morning. Uh, we're going to introduce a new song, and the song is Christ, Our Hope in Life and Death. And I'd encourage you as we, uh, as we reflect on it this morning and also as we uh, think ahead over the next few weeks to, to get to know these words, to make them familiar to yourselves as we, uh, as we focus on it and study on this song. There's a, a line in, in the second verse of this song that I've, I've loved as we've uh, gotten ready for this morning. And the words in that verse say, who holds our faith when fears arise, who stands above the stormy trial, who sends the waves that bring us nigh unto the shore, the rock of Christ. And I don't know the reassurance in that verse of how God can use things like like waves or stormy trials to, to bring us closer to him. And definitely this season in life, I think around the world has been um, probably comparable to a storm, just in the impact it's having um, on our lives. And, and this reassurance in this verse of uh, God using waves to bring us closer to him and that we can uh, count on him as our foundation, as our solid rock, the rock of Christ, it says at the end of that verse. So we're going to we're going to sing this song together this morning and then we've got a couple more before we will uh, transition back to Mike to share the message. What is our hope in life and death? Christ alone. Christ alone. What is our only confidence that our souls to him belong? Who holds our days within his hand? What comes apart from his command? And what will keep us to the end? The love of Christ on which we stand. Oh, sing hallelujah, our hope springs eternal. Oh, sing hallelujah, now and ever we confess Christ our hope in life and death. Where truth can calm the troubled soul. God is good. God is good. Where is his grace and goodness known? In our great Redeemer's blood. Who holds our faith when fears arise? Who stands above? the stormy trial who sends the waves that bring us nigh unto the shore the rock of Christ oh sing hallelujah our hope springs eternal oh sing hallelujah now and ever we confess Christ our hope in life and death. 
verse 3. Unto the grave, what will we say? Christ, he lives. Christ, he lives. And what reward will heaven bring? Everlasting life with him. There we will rise to meet the Lord. Then sin and death will be destroyed. And we will feast in endless joy. When Christ is ours forevermore. We'll sing hallelujah. Oh, sing hallelujah. Our hope springs eternal. Oh, sing hallelujah. Now and forever. Oh, sing hallelujah. Our hope springs eternal. Christ, our hope in life and death. Now and ever we confess. Christ, our hope in life and death. Sing, oh, sing hallelujah one more time. Oh, sing hallelujah. Our hope springs eternal oh sing hallelujah now and ever we confess christ our hope in life and death my hope is built on nothing less than jesus blood in righteousness, I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. When darkness seems to hide its face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gear, my anchor holds within the veil. On Christ's solid rock I stand, all other ground. Is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. His oath is covenant, his blood support me in the whelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, Eden is all my. Hope and stay on Christ's solid 
sail over the ground, keep sinking sail. Verse 4, last verse. When he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found, blessed in his righteousness alone. For as you stand before the throne, on Christ's solid rock I stand, over the ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. Sing that one more time. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. So I'll stand with arms tied, heart abandoned. In all of the one who gave it all, I'll stand, my soul, Lord, you surrender all I am is yours. So I'll stand with arms tied, heart abandoned in all. One who gave it all, I'll stand. My soul, Lord, you surrendered all. I am is yours. Oh, I'll stand with arms high and heart abandoned in all of the one who gave. My soul, Lord, you surrendered all I am is yours. Say, I'm Christ's solid rock again. Oh, on Christ's solid rock I stand. All the ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. On Christ's solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Mike, if you want to rejoin us and close us in prayer as we transition to the message this morning. Let's pray together, church. And so, Father, we are our hearts to you this morning. From our homes, as we assemble online and look to your word, answers for life, for everything 
we ask that you use this time meaningfully. You grow us deeper. We're asking you, Lord, that the from here, that you would use these means to impact all places would love and worship you and enjoy you. Thank you that your son Jesus is our rock and unsteady time. I pray that we would cling to him now. Thanks, Joe. Well, friends, uh, welcome to my home. Uh, my family is on the couch uh, on the other side of this computer screen, and uh, it's a privilege to go to God's word together. Um, I'm, uh, just one quick bit of housekeeping. I'm, I'm just getting a few um, messages that there's been a little bit of trouble with Facebook. If you are having trouble with Facebook, hop on to YouTube and search for us, uh, The Gathering Church in the YMCA Mainville, and you should be able to find it, and it'll be live streaming there as well. Uh, thanks so much for your flexibility. Well, let's run to God's word, shall we? Uh, when a man loves a woman... There's some awesome things that happen. He starts saving his pennies and he gets odd jobs here and there. And uh, he musters up enough courage to talk to uh, the daddy of the woman he loves. And, and uh, he, he begins to arrange things and he, he just gets all things ready. And then guess what he does? This guy who loves this woman, he goes to the mall. That's right. He goes shopping. And uh, he, he starts to navigate his way through that big old mall. And he gets to the ring shop. And he starts looking through the glass. Right? And pretty soon the jeweler comes up. And, uh, you know, he, the jeweler just looks at this guy and sees... His, his eyes just starstruck and enamored with the whole process. And the jeweler says, you know, hey, can I help you with anything? And the guy says, well, I, I love a girl. I love a girl. And, and I'm going to buy her a rock today, right? And so, um, you know, they just exchange conversation and talk about the girl and what it's been like and a plan for proposing and things like that. But the ultimate purpose is that he is there to buy a diamond. And so the first thing that the jeweler does is he pulls out this big black piece of, of, of black velvet cloth and he lays it on the glass before the guy who's gonna buy the diamond. And then he reaches down and he gets the diamond and he's got all these tools and He's explaining the five C's about the carrot and the different kind of cut and things like that and the color. And, and, and the purchaser is just enamored with that diamond. But that jeweler knows, and his whole ambition is he wants him to see the beauty of the facets of the diamond. He wants to see, he wants him to see the glory and the shining, like just beauty of that rock. And in order to do so, he wanted 
to highlight it by laying down that black velvet cloth. Today we're starting a new series, and it's called Christ and the Coronavirus. And friends, this this time has certainly felt like a black cloth being laid out, really dark times. There's been a few times really in history where the entire globe has been looking for questions, looking for answers to deep questions in in life, questions about God and his work here on earth, Uh, questions about his character, his ways, his plans. Like everyone is asking, what is God doing through COVID-19? And our prayer this morning and for the next few weeks is that you would see the diamond in this, the many facets of the glory of God and his work on earth through this. So let's dive in deep, friends. Let's go for it. We need to be ready. We need to have the answers to these questions on our lips because the world is asking. So we need to be ready for evangelism and discipleship, for counseling opportunities. And ultimately, we need to be ready for his return. So uh, during, during the next few weeks, would you text me, text your community group leaders, text your elders the questions that you have. And we would like to be a good resource for you. We'd, we want to pursue you and shepherding you through this time. And so uh, we'll make videos and, you know, write things and and try to answer your questions as best as we can. Uh, Especially, we're going to do three things during the next few weeks during this series. Uh, First, we're going to read a book together, and it's called The Coronavirus and Christ. Uh, You can find it on DesiringGod.org. It's free. You can download it for free. It's 95 pages. Uh, It's a free audio as well, so you can take a couple walks and listen to it. And it is saturated with scripture and it answers some of these deep questions in life. So we're going to use that as a tool as we study this. Um, Also, uh, Joe sang a song this morning, uh, Christ, Our Hope in Life and Death. Uh, We believe that you can walk with God through music and that he created music uh, to memorize and meditate and, and to think about him. And so we're challenging our church to memorize that song. And then also, uh, we're encouraging you guys to memorize Psalm 46. Um, We really want to be anchored in this passage uh, this month, in the month of May. And so, um, would you consider taking two or three verses and with your spouse, with your family or whatever, and uh, hiding that chapter in your heart? It's going to be awesome, and we're really excited about it. Uh, So let's go ahead and start diving in. If you got your Bibles, go ahead and Open up to Psalm 46 with me, and uh, I'm going to read just the first part of the first verse, okay? We're going to start real slow in this series. Psalm 46, verse 1. Here it is. God is our refuge and strength. Actually, that's all we're going to cover today. It's going to be awesome. Uh, One of my favorite mission agencies, New Tribes Missions, when they go into uh, unreached people groups, they are committed not to just go ahead and day one, like minute one, um, preach and say the name of Jesus, but they want to be careful to put Jesus in context. And so they actually start from Genesis 1, and they explain who God is and his great 
story throughout creation that leads to Jesus. So this morning, we're going to take just a word at a time. And um, if you are watching and just uh, need a little help for engagement, we've made just a couple of signs. So point one is God. I'm going to go ahead and hang this on up on my mantle. And uh, we'll talk about it here. Here's a little scotch tape. And here we are. God. We're going to say two things, especially about the Lord this morning. And we're going to strive really with all our heart to not be trite or just use Christianese answers or be superficial. Uh, these times are serious and they require uh, serious answers. And so uh, we're going to say two things. First one, God is sovereign. And the second one is that God is good. So let's start with God is sovereign. Friends, brothers and sisters, God is sovereign. When we use that word and we relate it to the coronavirus and say God is sovereign over the coronavirus, it is absolutely true. Sovereign talks about God's reign and his rule in a kingly fashion over all things. It give reference to his, his, his kingly dominion and even his knowledge about what happens. He knows all and is in all. And in a world that seems out of control, God has all of it from the beginning to the end, to scientists, to the stock markets, to the grocery stores, to the supplies, to the economy. He's in control. Uh, Colossians 1.17 says that he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Uh, just two days ago, my neighbor told me, he works in the library, in a local library here in Lebanon, uh, is, is hosting uh, a NASA presentation. Uh, the Hubble Telescope uh, just celebrated its 30th uh, birthday two days ago. Uh, in 1990, NASA sent up the Hubble telescope to take pictures of the outer space. And for 30 years, it has been giving us awesome images. And two days ago, they released an image that no one has ever seen before. And it is unbelievable. After this time, go ahead and Google it and see it for yourself. Um, they, they, they pictured this star that, that has blue all surrounding it. And this star that the Hubble telescope captured is 200,000 times brighter than our sun. I know, 200,000 times brighter. This star that, that, that the Hubble telescope captured is 160,000 light years away. Isn't that amazing? So this star, so far away and so bright, God is holding it together. So we can say that from the largest or brightest of stars, even to the smallest of viruses, God is in control, is reigning, and is sovereign over it. So the question is, if he's sovereign, if he's in control, why doesn't he stop it? 
And you can substitute coronavirus really for, for anything, any, tor- any type of, of suffering or hardship. If he's in control, why doesn't he stop it? If he can heal, why doesn't he just heal now? Can you hold on to that question? Write it down. And let's let scripture answer it for a second. And let's allow, for this morning, let's allow the Old Testament to really broaden and deepen our theology in this area, okay? So let's go back to some of the stories that we love and cherish. And these stories have a black velvet laid before them and underneath them in order to see the workings of God. So let's go to the book of Ruth. In my Bible, it's on page uh, 330. Uh, It's in the Old Testament, so flip on over to the left a little bit. Uh, Theologians call chapter one of the book of Ruth a bitter providence. Let's just tell this story together. So um, it starts off and it says, in the days of the judges, um, there was famine in the land. So a lot of the people were experiencing a lot of hardship. They were hungry, right? And this girl named Naomi, in this time, if you just, if you could just picture it, no, Lord, not this time. I don't want to lose anyone or suffer any more hardships. There's a famine. Guess what happened? She loses her husband. And to compound it even further, she loses her two sons that were already married to, her, uh, to two daughters or to, to, uh, to, to two women, which were her, were her daughters-in-law. So she lost her husband. She lost her two sons and her two daughters come to her and she goes, hey, my prayer is that the Lord would deal kindly with you guys. Ruth, as you know, decides to stay and Ruth and Naomi travel to Bethlehem and the people of Bethlehem go, hey, isn't that that woman that like lost her husband and her two sons? Hey, that's Naomi. And she goes, don't call me Naomi anymore. Call me Mara. For the Lord has dealt bitterly with me. She wasn't complaining. She wasn't even sinning when she said that. She wasn't blaspheming. She was being honest. That what the Lord was doing in her life right now, she didn't like it. It was bitter to her taste. It's really hard. She didn't know what the Almighty was doing. And that bitter pill... It was really hard to swallow. Can you identify with how she was feeling? Have you ever gone through times like that? Times of bitterness? Let's go to Job. So rewind a little bit. We're in the throne room of God, and God himself is talking to Satan. And Satan approaches him, and, and he says, Hey, look at your servant, Job. He loves you just because you do good things for him. Like you you give him just good stuff. I mean, of course he's going to praise you. And he says this in verse 11 of chapter one. Hey, God, stretch out your hand and touch all that he has. And watch it. He'll curse you. God says, and look at just the play of words and how they're talking about hands. God says, behold, all that he has now is in your hand. Only against him, do not stretch out your hand. So make him suffer, but don't, but just don't put your hand on him. And so Job starts to suffer, and he loses everything. 
loses his livestock, which is his livelihood. He loses his camels, his transportation. He loses his servants, all his help. And he loses his sons and his daughters. And listen to Job's understanding of what's happening here in his life. Listen to the wording. Job 121, and he said, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Listen to those words of this godly man. Those words, it's like they have teeth on it. He's, he's not saying, hey, Satan killed my, my sons and daughters and Satan took everything away from me and God just passively stood by. The words are, the Lord has taken away. Let's go to the story of Joseph. So we got Ruth, we got Job. Now let's look at Joseph. Joseph, he's got on his fancy multicolored coat and he's got his lofty dreams, right? And his brothers just hate him for it. So they, they beat him up and they throw him in a pit. And they're like, eh, let's not do that. Let's, let's sell him to slavery. And so he's, he's sold into slavery and he's led on into Egypt. And after a time he's imprisoned. And I'm sure he's even further suffering from missing his mom and dad. And he's just, just having a really hard time. What is his understanding of God's work in his life? Like, how does he understand the different tools that God uses in his tool belt to bring about God's name and renown on this earth? Listen to these words, ready? Genesis 50, 20. And he's talking to his brothers. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. Aren't those words interesting? Job's words, Naomi's words, now Joseph's words. If you've grown up hearing those stories, it, 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 it almost can like just come to you and pass over you, but let him fall on your ears afresh. Like, like he wasn't saying like, oh man, this is such a bummer. Like God must have lost control, but now he's gonna make everything right. He's saying all throughout my life, the good times, the hard times, God was meaning them for, for good. God didn't just react and say, oh, I, 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 I must have missed something. And uh, I lost control for a moment. Now I've got to fix it up and rearrange it. Throughout everything, all things, God meant it for good. Listen to some of these passages of scripture. Isaiah 46.10, my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. Jeremiah 1.12, then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. Psalm 135.6, whatever the Lord pleases, he does in heaven and on earth and in the seas and all the deeps. And last one, Ephesians 1.11, he works all things according to the counsel of his will. All right, kids, I'm going to read a quote, and I want you to just watch my face. It's a really long quote, 
and I'm going to see if uh, if you can tell if if I can make it in one breath. Watch and see if uh, my my face turns red. Okay, it starts off with, off with he governs governs, and this is from the book that we're reading. Are you ready? Here we go. He governs. Big breath coming. The wind, lightning, snow, frogs, gnats, flies, locusts, quails, worms, fish, sparrows, grass, plants, famines, the sun, prison doors, blindness, deafness, paralysis, fever, every disease, travel plants, the hearts of kings, nations, murders, and spiritual deadness. Uh, kids, how would I do? <laughs> he governs all those. Isn't that wild? All of them, from frogs to fish. They do his sovereign will. In other words, the sovereignty of God is all-encompassing and all-pervasive. He holds absolute sway over this world. So let's just bring up the question again. If he is in control, why doesn't he stop it? Stop the suffering, stop the virus. What we're saying this morning is that this question is only a hard question because our assumption is that the bitter things that are happening are not from him. Why doesn't he stop the suffering? Answer, he is working his will to completion. He's working his will to completion, brothers and sisters. That's what he's doing. And when you say uh, he's working his will out, as it says in Ephesians 1, I just want to be careful and pastor you not to think that this is some impersonal program being um, carried out by God. Kind of like he's this cosmic power of like, all right, move along now. Either get with the program or get out of here. His program is people. He cares for you. And guess what? He is working his will in this coronavirus for you. You're a part of his will. And he wants you to see the facets of his diamond. He wants you to know and love and worship him. So that was our first point, God. Let's go to is. God is our refuge and strength. And we're just charting through this together. And if you're just joining us, we welcome you to the Newman home. You might have heard a little beeping in the background, and that was our washer and dryer. We're just real here, right? Talking about the doctrine of suffering and uh, applying it in all of our hearts personally. And uh, it's just a privilege. All right, let's talk about the word is, is. And let's just make a couple like real grammatical, educational um, observations about is, okay? Is, present tense, right? Not, not just past tense, not like that's what God did and that's who he is and we can just leave it in the historical books. It's not, it's not exclusively future, like, oh, yeah, God's plan only has to do with, with heaven and stuff. And we can just look forward to one day when he works out his will. It's is. And so it's 
It's, it's, it is right now. James, the half-brother of Jesus, um, he would read is as involved. He would say, God, if he's sovereign, well, then he is He's involved. And if he's involved, that means like my everyday stuff, the ins and outs of my everyday life. Let me read James for you. This is James chapter four, verse 13 through 15. Come now, you say, today or tomorrow, uh, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Verse 14, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. Isn't that such a humbling verse, that last verse, verse 15? If, if, if the Lord wills, we will do this or that. I know that a lot of us during this COVID-19 time have had our plans change uh, baby showers have been canceled, rearranged. Weddings have been done over Zoom and expectations have been shifted and dreams have been shattered and things like that. And now we can say with legitimacy that this verse is absolutely true. We need to pray like this. Our world is being rocked. If the Lord wills, we'll do this or that. The book that we're encouraging you to read, uh, The Coronavirus in Christ, says this. Nothing is excluded from this or that. He, God, is totally involved. Totally. This health or that sickness or this economic collapse or that recovery, this breath or not. So if he's sovereign and involved, then we, friends, have a decision to make. Will I trust him? Is he, is he worth leaning into? And it all hinges on one thing. And it's his goodness. And we're going to get there in a second. Let's keep going with our refuge. All right, our refuge. Here it is. Um, when we first moved to Ohio, uh, I was invited by a couple fellas to play uh, some Frisbee golf. And uh, being from Texas, we're used to the sunshine a lot and uh, not a whole lot of rain like Ohio. And uh, so we're playing a little Frisbee golf. And all of a sudden, we see this wall of rain coming towards us. And we've, we've got shorts and T-shirts on. And we've all got our phones in our pockets. And like our first thought when we see this, this wall of rain was like, that is seriously a wall of rain and it's moving fast. And then our second thought is like, our phones, <laughs> right? Oh no, our phones. And so all of us with our Frisbee discs start booking it towards the bridge to find refuge and shelter. Like we needed to hide underneath the bridge in order to protect our phones, right? We weren't worried about like our hair. I don't have much of it or like our outfits. We were worried about our phones and we, we were finding refuge against the rain under this little jankety bridge. If you can imagine me and like four or five other guys just crouching together. What a great image. Yeah, that's exactly what this word means. Refuge um, in the biblical context. That's how it's used 
four times it's used literally where people are taking shelter from a rainstorm or from danger from the high hills of the of ancient biblical times near east right and then as you uh, often read in the psalms it's used in a, in a in a figurative way right where it's it's talking about taking refuge or or, or shelter in god it's synonymous where it's like you're putting trust or confidence in God for protection and provide uh, and provision. This idea of, of refuge um, is especially used for, for soldiers or fugitives uh, when they're running in the hills and looking for a place to hide from their enemies, right? Uh, it's a place where they would flee to find protection and, um, and that's why uh, oftentimes the word refuge is linked with the word strong or stronghold or a place of escape or a strong rock because they'd be running and they would hide in the cave or the rock in order to um, be identified with or found under or underneath or beside so that it could protect them. And let's just run to a few applications real quick, three of them, okay? A few applications about refuge. Um, all images, whether whether or not it's it's literal or figurative, are used um, to encourage the reader that if you do it, if you run to the rock, if you find shelter or refuge, you find strength every time. It's a promise. Number two, even the strongest men or women have insecurities and they need they need the rock. They need shelter, a hiding place. Everyone. And number three, a refuge in God. Watch this, friends. Refuge in God seems backwards to the world. Like, for instance, in David's case, King David, he ran into a cave. And in his mind and, and, and in his words, he communicated to those around him, I'm running in the cave to find shelter, to find safety. Because I'm trusting in God. What did his friends say? Don't go in there. Don't go in the cave. Don't trust in this refuge. It's a what? It's not trusting. It's, it's a trap. It's a trap. So when you ask God for help, it often seems backwards to the world. But the shelter he provides is trustworthy. It's not tricky. And it's not a trap. So why would you do it? Why would you run to God for refuge? Why would you seek the protection of God if it seems backwards? Um, if it's just like, oh, I'm just going to, um, you know, do this because it, it, it says it in the Bible and, and you just don't think any deeper, right? Or like uh, if your thought is, well, should I just do it so that it just prolongs my life i just think we're missing it a little bit friends you hide in him because it's the better way and because he's good so it all hinges on this question catch this ready is god good in his sovereignty and involvement in my life i'll ask it again and this is one to like wrestle with and get on your knees and lift up your heads to the heaven. Lift up your head to the heaven and ask him, Lord, are you good 
in your sovereignty and in your involvement. Do I believe that? And here's two verses to guide your thinking and to help shape your prayer life. The first one pronounces, declares that God is good and that you must believe it. It's Psalm 31, verse 19. Read it this week. It says, oh, how abundant your goodness is, which you have stored up for those who fear you and worked for those who take refuge in you in the sight of the children of mankind. Isn't that a great verse? So God is good and it's linked. His goodness is linked with his ability to protect and give shelter, refuge to you. And the other one, the other verse talks about how his goodness is working for your good. This is a verse that uh, saints throughout time have cherished. It's Romans 8, 28. It reads like this. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. So God is our refuge and here we are, round and third. God is our refuge, and he's our strength. Here we go. He's our refuge and our strength, friends. Hey, it's good and right to pray like this. Lord, I'm weak right now. Lord, I need, I need help. I need your strength. I am in times of trouble. It's good to, to, to confess your weakness and to rest in the fact that God helps you in times of trouble, present tense, right now for this moment. But also I want to push us to a little deeper and further and more robust understanding of God's plan for your life, how he is your refuge and your strength. It's easy to have the attitude that when uh, we, are, we are in trials and struggling, that we need to run to God for protection. And we have this prayer of like, Lord, help me just get through it. I just, I just need your strength till it's done. And to be honest with you, Lord, I just want it to be done. So Lord, my heart's crying out to you. Would you just finish this up quickly? If you notice, even in the next phrase, the first one and two, verse one and two, it says that he is our help in times of trouble. God's presence and power doesn't or isn't provided just to lift our circumstances, though. Rather, God's strength helps you and carries you all the way to the end of your life. Like his goal and mission and will for your life is to be with you and help you in the present, but also to carry you and help you and deliver you safely to heaven. God's strength helps you and carries you to the end. What does this mean? When you run to God for refuge and you're asking him for strength, that he will be faithful to his promise to help you endure till your life on earth is complete. You got me? Romans 8, 
Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or the coronavirus or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. And in chapter 8, verse 37, it says, No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, or rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. All things means all things. It even means the coronavirus. But God is your shelter, your refuge. And God is bigger than this virus. It's true that when the rain falls, it falls on the righteous and the unrighteous. But know this, our God did not spare his son so that those who believe in his name call upon him, although they might get rained on a little bit in this life, will be brought safely through death to life everlasting. The righteous and the unrighteous experience the black velvet cloth. God's refuge and strength is a promise though, not only for the here and now, but a promise to carry you all the way home safely if you have faith and trust in so, in closing, is God sovereign? Yes. Is he in control? Yes. Amen. See a couple amens on the screen. Is he still on his throne? Yes. Amen. He's still king. So the question for you this morning is this. Do you trust him? Do you trust God? That's the question that we want to run to in our community groups. And as you, as you like talk over the phone and text and, and uh, who knows what the governor will say tomorrow. But we as believers need to be asking ourselves these questions. How is God using COVID-19 in your life? And although COVID-19 seems to be this bitter providence, that is happening all over the globe, I am confident that he wants us and is leading us to taste and see that the Lord is good. Psalm 34. Because blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. We love you. We pray that this word goes out Lord, as, as your people here, give them ears to hear, give them eyes to see. Lord, give them a palate to even though when hard times come, may their song be that you are good, that everything, that, you, that, that you're worth it, that you're worthy of our worship. And we are asking you, God, would you help us? Would you be our refuge and strength 
so that we would endure to the end? Would you use our lives here on this earth to count for eternity? We want others to come to know you. You're so worth it, and we love you so much. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You have a great Sunday. We'll see you soon. If you have any needs, please come and talk to us. Also, if you have plenty, please come and talk to us. And let's let the body of Christ meet each other's needs in this time. Have a great day.